This is exactly right. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Curdy B, I hope you're ready to laugh and laugh and laugh because I'm going to start today. I cannot wait. I am so excited. Papa's kicking his feet up and I'm ready to hear a headline. Mm-mm-mm. Maybe not a maybe not a knee slapper, but it's going to mm-hmm. make you think. Say goodbye to the pandas. All of the black and white bears on U.S. soil are set to return to China. All of them. They're sending okay. all the pandas back to China. Oh, not just the black and white bears. No. <laughs> the actual pandas. I thought this was going to be really a black and white where only only colorful bears are, bears are allowed. Correct. Um, well, hop on this plane because we're all going to I another country full of fun. <laughs> God. It's bananas. Bananas. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I am Kurt Brownoller. You are Kurt Bra- Brownoller. That's uh, that is exactly who you are. I'm Banana Boy Number Two, Scotty Landis, and thank you to Old Bananimals, New Bananimals, yes. Day Ones, Murder Bananas, anybody who's listened to the silliest little podcast there ever was. Thanks for tuning in again. Uh, we appreciate you on a deep level. Just sit. We do. That. Sit with that and just let let it soak in. That we really do deeply appreciate you. I am, I am genuinely so tired, Scotty. I feel crazy. I feel good. like a crazy person today. That's a so good this, sign for this episode. It might be either a really goofy episode, or I will simply at some point shut down and stop responding to you. That's fine. I'll carry it and I'll stall right <laughs> up into the fifty-five minute point. I'll tell some harebrained story that's so boring. I'll be a energy vampire. I will be Colin Robinson. <laughs> and just to remind everybody, if you're in Richmond, Baltimore, mm. Brooklyn, mm-hmm. Philly, Philly, Pittsburgh, we're coming to you. Okay, the big five, three dates in November, Philly and Pittsburgh in early December. And uh, everything can be found, of course, at uh, our Instagram, uh, LinkedIn profile, baby. And October 21st is Door to Shore, where oh, you hell yeah. and your buds can walk out your front door into the nearest body of water for charity. You can find it all on doortoshore.com. 
I don't know if that's true, but we'll, you can definitely find it nope. on our oh, Instagram. It's doortoshore.org. It's door, door number to shore two shore.org. And because uh, it's a charity, Scotty. Yeah, we have 15 teams already confirmed all yes. around the world, which is excellent. And again, it doesn't have to be far. It's the closest body of water that you can safely walk into fully clothed by yourself or with your friends. It's exactly. just that easy. Scotty and I walk in 19 miles, as we always do. Yeah, I'm excited. This year, I've loved it every year. The first year was like fun because it was like, can we even do this? Yeah. Last year was a really great time because it was like something to look forward to. But I'm actually, I'm more thrilled this year because I feel like you and I do know this, the areas to yes. stop in. Yeah. So we'll be able to like really, it's pleasant. It's hard. It's mm-hmm. definitely grueling. And around mile 16, you really want the Pacific Ocean just to, I don't know, flood and come find us somewhere on Santa Monica <laughs> Boulevard. That's why drinking but, um, around the 16-mile mark helps. Yeah, that's when the tequila shots start. And if you want to meet us over on that side of town and hit us up, we're going to be on our Instagram all day posting your stories, our stories, everything. Uh, I'm pumped. Door to Shore rules. Yeah. Give me this story, Scott. Let's get into it. Oh, and one quick side thing, too. If any of our Bananimals own a screen printing company, like just them, maybe a little mom-and-pop independent screen printing, mm-hmm. hit me up in the DM. Say, Scotty, we do screen printing. I have an idea for something kind of dumb, and uh, I could use a little help, and I want to throw some cashola to a Bananimal, maybe. Great. Any hoozle. Let's see. Oh, shout out Gareth Reynolds. Um, oh, I you, you dropped off a shirt at my house today? Yeah, I did. What, the did you, make that? did you make that or that was on Zazzle? That was on Zazzle. You found a Snallygaster shirt. Oh, I did make it. Yes, we <laughs> we were uh, a great animal drew that design for us because oh. we talked about cryptids and that's the Maryland cryptid and yeah. Frederick. Also, we have listener who connected us to a museum called the Snallygaster Museum that I think is in Philly or Pittsburgh. So. Uh, yes, I made you a Snallygaster Thank shirt because you. I made one for me and I might wear it during Door to Shore. We'll see. Ooh, Amy maybe if we Cucta, both wear Snallygasters. Yes. Okay. Amy Cucta, who does not live in Maryland, but thank you, Amy. You're an incredible thank you, artist. Thank you, Amy. That's We're really beautiful. We're going to wear them with pride. Anyway, here we go. Aquadina sent this in. Thank you, Aquadina. That sounds like something, doesn't it? It does. It's good. Say goodbye to the pandas, Kurt. Goodbye. All black and white bears <laughs> on U.S. <laughs> soil are set to return to China. This was unsurprisingly in USA Today, written by a very good journalist. When it comes to shipping mm-hmm. pandas out of the country, deporting pandas, look no further than Zoe Wells. Oh, man. Zoe does most of the bear mm. f- uh, front for facing news. Mm. And uh, and she is the best in the biz at what she does. She is. There will soon be... This is actually insane. This is a truly banana story. There will soon be no pandas in the United States for the first time since 1972. This is crazy. After U.S. zoos have agreements with China and they are set to expire at the end of next year. So I don't even know if the LA Zoo has pandas. Obviously... Zoos are problematic for a lot of people. Yeah. They are prison for wild animals. Uh, but they also are they do educational? a lot of, They got do a lot of conservation work as well. So it's uh it's tough. It's back they make and forth. Children love animals. I know I loved the Baltimore Zoo as a little green banana. So it's yeah, a Yeah, I mean, we go to LA Zoo a lot because we live 
two minutes from it, you and <laughs> it's the kids love it so desperately. And I used to dislike them as a as a as a tw- as a twenty something, and now yeah. as a as a parent, uh, ethical considerations are 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 <laughs> muted <Out the> <laughs> <laughs> are muted because yeah. the children love it. That's that's very understandable. I'm sure a lot of bananas are nodding along. Uh, the National Zoo in Washington D.C. announced that its pandas Tian Tian and Mi Jing and Zhao Zhao Zhi Zhi. Good job. Uh, Good job. I, I did my best. And there's so many more in this because Zoe Wells hates bananas. Yeah. Uh, will return to China by this December, according to the zoo. This is uh-huh. due to its three-year agreement with the China Wildlife Conservation Association. Okay. However, the Smithsonian Institution will renew contracts when the time comes. This, at- uh, But they've been trying to do this, but these attempts have failed. Sounds like there might be something more going on, Kurt. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This move comes as zoos in Memphis, Atlanta, and San Diego have already had to return their pandas or are going to at the end of the year, marking the first time in 50 years the United States will not have any pandas. I mean, look, if the San Diego Zoo is Great getting zoo. rid of its pandas, that's like that's the premier zoo for some reason. Who knows why? I, I think it's just because of late night talk shows. but uh, And the yeah, weather. And the weather. It's a nice I was there zoo. two days ago. I was at San Diego what? Zoo two days ago. So That's where I, that was from. I saw those yeah. pictures. Okay. When you and I were flying back from Atlanta and Raleigh, I usually have TSA pre-check, and it, I didn't have it, and I got so boned in Atlanta. I mean, I've, I don't think I've waited that long in 10 years, and I was like, I got to fix this, and my global entry for international travel had expired. It had been 10 years. So the only appointment I could get was what? at the San Diego airport a week away because at LAX, it was n- over nine months until I could get an appointment. Oh, my God. So I drove down and <laughs> uh, went to Global Entry and had to kill some time, didn't hit traffic, hit up that old San Diego Zoo, saw the new koala exhibit. It's incredible. Is it really? It's awesome. It's worth taking your kids down to. It's, All right, and great. I passed Legoland. I was like, oh, shit, Kurt had to drive this far? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, did not see pandas, though, I will say that. Yeah, lots gone. of koalas, all but just, two sleeping. I wonder about this. When they ship the pandas out, I imagine, I don't know, to me it seems like pandas are just such a docile creature that they just yeah. strap them into first class seats. Yeah. You know? I Yeah. They're, give them all the bamboo they can chew and just put them in a first class seat and strap them in. They're their pandas? own emotional support thing. Is it pandas or koalas that get high off the eucalyptus? Koalas eat eucalyptus, and they did look stony, I got to say. Oh, they... and, pa- and pandas eat bamboo. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Got it. We're figuring mm-hmm. stuff out just little bits at a time. We're learning. It's an educational podcast. <laughs> um, some suspect the relations between the United States and China are why the pandas are now returning to China. The U.S. Mm-hmm. was awarded its first panda by China in 1972. Also interesting. Mm-hmm. I would have guessed way earlier than that. I knew that for some reason. I don't know why, but it was only 1972. People were so excited in the 70s about pandas. Yeah. Because it's not like you had uh, the internet. Like, there's no videos you could just watch of pandas other than seeing a nature documentary if you happened to catch it mm-hmm. while it was on. Mm-hmm. Um, the first panda was China's gift given to President Nixon, formalized with uh, because of normal relations with China, <laughs> a practice that some have dubbed panda diplomacy. 
for decades. I mean, sorry. Mm. No, please. I can't think of a worse person to give a panda. <laughs> President Nixon. <laughs> yes. Do you think he even met he it? Probably, saw he it? literally probably like saw it and kicked it or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Just poking it with a bamboo stick and he eats it closer to his hand until it bites his hand, then he deports it. For decades, China has loaned pandas to other countries in hopes they will try to build ties with those countries. So it is like a peace offering. Yeah. Britain, which is also known as England to some, will also lose two pandas from the Edinburgh Zoo in December as new contracts have not been reached. Uh, The Royal Zoological Society of Scotland said, which that is a top tier zoological society. Mm -hmm. Scotland, the royal one, they're good. The queen Atlanta. (laughs) <laughs> Atlanta will soon be home to the last pandas in the United States. So Atlanta Bananimals, we met 300 plus of you. You better go see those pandas pronto, bud, because they're getting booted. Um, there are four of them there. They are twin pandas, Yaloon and Jiloon, and they're leaving in early 2024. Meanwhile, Yaloon and Jiloon's parents, Loon Loon and Yang Yang, are set to stay at the zoo until late 2024. When their loan expires. So Atlanta Bananimals or anybody in the Georgia area, this is your chance to see pandas before maybe they're gone from the United States forever. Is we that mean, I mean, okay, the fact that they're called on loan, does that mean that there is some sort of subsect of mm. international lawyer that writes up contracts yeah. for zoos to be able to have a panda for a specific period of time? Zoo law? Yeah, Zoo law. <laughs> it's Jude Law is the international <laughs> zoo law guys. Yeah, that's uh, I'm sure the answer is yes. Somebody had to write up contracts to say we get the pandas for three-year cycles. And furthermore, then, does that mean that there is a magazine called Super Zoo Lawyer? Uh, you can only dream. Hope. I can only dream. And if not, maybe we'll make a fake one. That's what's fun about life. Um, the San Diego Zoo said, had to say goodbye to its pandas in 2019, so a little while ago, pre-Great Quar. Um, the zoo stated that the loan agreement with the People's Republic of China had also expired. Bai Yun, a giant female panda, and her son, Zhao Lui, or <laughs> Li Wu, Zhao Li Wu, were sent back to China. The Memphis Panda Zoo, Yaya, Yes. Returned April of this year. Why aren't so, they yeah, all named there are yeah, no yeah. discussions, Kurt. They said no discussions have occurred with the partners in China about the status of Zoo Atlanta's giant panda program when it ends in 2024. So yeah, I think if you really love pandas and get you're out American, there. you better get to Atlanta Zoo like right now. A good reason to visit, is it? Drop Maybe. your slice of Fellini's pizza and run out the door. Do you remember yeah. the first time you saw a panda? Uh, definitely Washington, D.C. Zoo, because we would go there a lot as kids. Um, my school would do a field trip to D.C., probably starting in third or fourth grade, and they were known, they had pandas, and it was like a big deal. And I think they were trying to get them to have um, relationships with each other to try to make more of them. Definitely D.C. Zoo, late 80s, early 90s. Okay. I think I, the, um, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I remember they would always be asleep whenever I would see them. Yeah. They seem like generally sleepy animals. They seem to lounge. I bet zoos at night. I know they do like zoo lights and stuff, but I think a lot of those animals are nocturnal, and I bet it's pretty cool at night. At a oh, zoo. yeah. I bet it's I mean, wild. I've been in a zoo before opened, 
and it was pretty wild in the morning because that's mm. when everyone was getting fed. And so you just walk and everyone's going just crazy. Just, Absolutely. Yeah. I had this acting class at UMass when I was a uh, a junior. I was like, that was right around the time. A junior. A junior at UMass. Yeah. Which people do call it Zoomass because they party really? very hard. Oh, like yeah. animals. Oh, yeah. They go. They do. <laughs> they party like safety school kids in New England. And <laughs> But I was like starting to have those panic attacks, but I didn't know what it was. And then somebody yeah. was like, you should try yoga. And I was broke. And But there was an acting class that started with yoga. And it was taught. I remember her name. Her name was Sheila Saragusa. She was a really cool lady. So if anybody knows Sheila Saragusa, if she's still at UMass teaching acting really cool instructor and it was great it was really helpful um and she had this thing we would do which is kind of crazy because it was a little bit competitive you've taken acting classes before Mm -hmm. um you'll agree that this is a little strange where each person like groups or two people at a time would go and we would both get like the same line of dialogue same five words or whatever but we both had to pick a secret about the other person so that when we delivered our line to each other, you'd kind of see who delivered it more effectively. Like who uh-huh. who really tapped into something real. And there was this dude named Bo. Uh, he was nice enough, redheaded dude. And we got picked in the middle of the class and they were like, they whispered the line to us, which I don't remember what it was, but we went against the wall and then the rest of the class watches and you perform and then you go, who did you believe more? No. Oh, oh boy. Okay. It was sort of the like who really delivered that line authentically with emotion. It was so improv had, Olympics of acting. Exactly. And you had to do it right away. So we do all this yoga and then we're doing this at a time. Me and Bo go against the wall. And she gave us some line, like, you know, eat a Joe's or whatever. And so he says his line. And then I say the same line, but with my secret. And then the teacher's like, okay, who, who said it more convincingly? And everybody was like, Scotty, like the entire class to the point where everybody just laughed. And I did. I blew him out of the water on this one. <laughs> and then she goes, okay, Bo, what was your secret? And I, it, Bo's secret was like, um, I was just thinking to myself, how could you? Like that was what his secret was, that I had done specific. something. Not specific. Not specific enough. at all. And she was like, okay, cool, great, interesting. And Scotty, what was your secret? And I said, my secret was, I imagined that Bo was responsible for killing every panda on the planet. And she <laughs> leapt to her feet. Sheila was like, yes, that's it. You have to pick something that will completely affect you, that'll change you. You have to buy into it. And he, Bo was like, white as a ghost, because I, he was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> really, that's the time where I became a writer instead of an actor, right, because exactly. I was seeing looking at him <laughs> Bo killed every panda on the planet and he's just like how could you <laughs> he probably loses every relationship Bo good luck out there bud go to Atlanta and see those pandas Bo I hope you you know I did I have I ever told talked about the fact that I took a I took one acting class in high school I didn't know that I took an acting class in high school I was 15 maybe 14 or 15 okay and it was in red bank new jersey and it was like upstairs in this weird room and like a you know a strange man in red bank new jersey was like the acting (laughs) teacher 
Yes. Um, yes. I don't know what his qualifications were, but he would give us scenes. He would give us scene work to do. Yeah, it's and a start. I was like 14 or 15, but I was tall, so I looked older, but I was, you know, a child, very much a child. Uh, yeah, in the midst of puberty. Puberty was currently happening to Yes. You. And this dude gave me a scene with a woman who I believe was probably in college or maybe had just graduated from college. Sure. She was probably like early 20s, maybe 22. And I've now since taken mm. a lot of acting classes. Yeah, sure, of course. I have never been assigned a scene where I have to make out with my scene partner. Mm -hmm. The the mm -hmm. first scene I was given <laughs> as a 14-year-old horn dog mm -hmm. was that I would make out with this like eight like probably 8 years older than me woman. And then we we're supposed seems to rehearse. It seems illegal it. to me. It seems illegal <laughs> to me. Seems not right. At the time, I loved it. I was like, yes. this is amazing. Like, I think I love acting. This is the most amazing thing. Yeah. And uh, and it was like, you know, we oh, had to, like, boy. take it serious and everything. And of so course. I'd, like, go over her house and be like, all right, so we're going to rehearse this scene. <laughs> oh, my God. And then we would, like, rehearse and make out. And it was, like, so like for her i think she was just like this is an acting scene i think she like took acting in college or something then and this was my first i was just like i'm i think i'm in love with her of course you were of course you were wow that but is no is way that, crazy? that would happen these no days no way that would happen should have happened then but i mean now you're still an actor you're on tv a lot so maybe it I was the wonder, carrot you need wonder i wonder a if she ever pursued acting. And I wonder, B, who was that guy? <laughs> and is he in jail now? Uh, yeah, he probably should be. That This actually reminds me, though, this is a great segue. We have a Bananimal Kurt named uh -huh. Jen Ridgway, and she's directing a community theater production in Thousand Oaks, California, which is not far from Nice. Here. So any Bananimals in Thousand Oaks, Sherman Oaks, Encino, Ventura, mm -hmm. if you're in the general area, Van Nasty, if you're up in Van Nuys, um, there is a theater called the Conejo Players Theater. It's awesome. one of the last volunteer theaters in California. Wow. And it's been struggling since the Great Quar. So Jen is directing this. She's busting her ass to get people out to watch these great kids perform a play. Um, the play is called Once Upon a Mattress Youth Edition. Yes. Which, yeah, exactly. That's a real thing. And so Bananimals in that area, October 13th to the 22nd, if you're around, Bananas, even if two of you go see this great production, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to check it out. Oh, that's um, awesome. Spread the word to your friends up there. Just, I'll you take know, the kids. Let me theater. know when you're going to go. I'll bring the kids. We'll go on a weekend. Yeah, we should do that. So it's October 13th to 22nd. So probably more in that middle of that week. But yeah, Jen yeah. Ridgeway, Banana Banana of the Week. Volunteering? Banana oh, of the Week. Yeah. Banana of the Week. Anyways, sorry to digress, but that was directly related to stuff. I love it. Hit me with a story, big boy. Suffolk police request railings to stop sex on tombstones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet they do. <laughs> Talk about railing. That's a, there was a better headline in there. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, railings needed to, to curb railings. <laughs> yep. There it is. Uh, this I am is, deceased. This is uh, written by Sydney. Thank you. Ooh. I mean, no, not written by Sydney. Sorry, it was sent in by Sydney. Thank you, Ooh. Sydney. Thank you, Sydney. This is on BBC News, baby. That's real. This was written by Rachel McMenemy and Guy Campbell. 
My McMenemy. If you're my McMenemy, you're <laughs> if the you're man-enemy. a friend of my. <laughs> That's right. If you're an enemy of my McMenemy, you're a is. friend of my. <laughs> you're <Guy>. a Mc... <laughs> yeah, it's something say. like that. But also, it took two people to write this story, which knows it's going to be hot and juicy. I know hands. it's not very long. They nope. really. Could... I maybe they just went back and forth like they would say Rachel would say one word and Guy would say the next and they're like we mm-hmm. write so well together. Here mm-hmm. it is. That's police have too. police have suggested measures to stop quote unquote sexual activity. I don't know why it's in quotes. Yeah. On tombstones as part of a town redevelopment project, Suffolk police made the recommendations in a letter responding to plans to redevelop Aris Square in Ipswich. The area has had high levels of crime and antisocial behavior, including people using raised tombstones for sexual activity, drugs, and alcohol, raised. the force said. Oh, that's that. So I had a different thing in mind. When you said raised, raised changes it up a little bit. I was thinking it was uh, a nice grass with, with headstones. So uh-huh. you know, just a, a place that could have been a picnic ground at a different time, but raised. Yeah, so this is like, I'm looking at them. They are, they look very similar to a kitchen island. That's what they look like. I, uh, now I'm picturing different things than I was before. Yeah, this is, um, and also I can see if you got a lot of drug gear, it's a nice flat surface. (laughs) They got a lot of area. You could have your 40 and and all your gear lined out Mm -hmm. right there. And then there's like three in a row. So it's like you could do your drugs on that one. You could have sex on that one. You could drink on the other one. That's what they're doing. It's not us doing it. They're actually doing it in Suffolk and Ipswich. Um, As part of the council's Turning Our Town Around project. Don't even do it. Residents and business vote. (laughs) Every word of this is dirty to a 13-year-old boy's mind. Turning our town around and going to town. Project residents and business voted for the area, which is home to the redeveloped St. Stephen's Church music venue, to Mm -hmm. be fully redeveloped. In a letter published on Ipswich Borough Council's planning portal, the force said the area had typically suffered high levels of crime and antisocial behavior. That's just respectful. Good. In publicly accessible but secluded locations such as this, it is sadly common to find raised tombstones being used as tables to consume alcohol and drugs. Mm-hmm. They also are sometimes the site of sexual activity. Police were offering their opinions on ways to design out crime at the planning stage of the redevelopment. This included protection of raised tombstones, which the force said were sometimes a site of sexual activity. We, you said that, guys. Yep. It is said that it They're is They're getting also all worked com- up over there. I mean, like, this is crazy. They're just repeating themselves. It said it's also common to find yeah. raised tombs- tombstones being used as tables for alcohol and drugs. This is where maybe Rachel, maybe like Rachel wrote a bunch of it and then Guy wrote the same stuff and then nobody really read it after they wrote it. No, and why would they? They were all <laughs> hot under the collar. They're all they... hot bothered. <laughs> Gonna go bone in a cemetery. <laughs> Uh, it said it's also common. Oh my God! It wrote it in a religious setting. This antisocial behavior is particularly disrespectful. I think so. It is more likely that this will occur in the area at the back of the church when the protective railings are removed. The force what said. What are they talking about? <laughs> it recommended measure to deter activity on top of the tombstones, including creating enclosures for individual tombstones or small railings at the top edge of the tombstones, as used in other parts of the town. Other recommendations included removable seating, 
what? CCTV and better lighting to prevent. Yeah. Now it sounds lighting. like they're making a porn. They yeah, want to put cameras and better lighting <laughs> and seating. Now it's like a porn theater. This is what yeah. they're actually trying to do. Okay. Yeah. They're like, we got to fix this. What we need is some cameras in there, good lights, maybe a seating area. Yeah. A spokesman oh, for the God. force said Suffolk Constabu- Constabulary. Yeah. Constibulary. Constibulary works mm-hmm. to make our streets safer, reduce crime, promote so- safety for local residents, customers, and businesses. The role of our design out crime office, blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, and... blah. St. Stephen, patron saint of bricklayers and stonemasons, Kurt. I'm looking really? at it. I Googled it while you were doing it. Not oh. bad. And deacons, and he cared for the poor. Well, that's nice. And a Grateful Dead, a great Grateful Dead song. Yes. Um. So I don't know. Maybe that's why they're doing it as well. And What's it's, your a, it's a music name? venue. What did you pick? Francis of Assisi. So you're Kurt Francis Brownoller. Kurt Francis I, of Assisi Brownoller. Thank you. I see, because you love the animals. You still do. Because I love the animals, folks. Uh, I was Luke, um, and I don't really know why, but yeah, Scott <laughs> Luke Landis. I should have been Luke Landis. Uh, Luke Landis sounds good. Yeah. Um, I don't know what he was patron saying. That's a. Uh, I. I mean, there. I've never. I'm just going to jump to the end and say I've never hooked up in a graveyard or cemetery, and I've yeah. actually, I've never really considered it. Uh, there's a lot of places in this world I have not done that. I think I've gone to a cemetery and like with Smoke some cigarettes. girls Ooh. in high school, um, and it was like. Ooh, and then it, it was more like for show to be like, whoa, we're we're dangerous and gothy. We like to yeah. be in a cemetery, and cool. then nothing happened, and we left, and I was unimpressed. Yeah, we did etchings once at some cemetery in Glendon near the library, where it's like everybody had to take a piece of paper and the side of a crayon and scratch off an old one and read it, and that that was probably the most thrilling thing I've ever done in a cemetery. Um, I I really enjoy yeah. stroll. I there's two cemeteries, one in New York and one in LA that I really enjoy just walking around in. And in New York, I used to live right Greenwood? next to Greenwood Cemetery. Great. So it was I was a half block from Greenwood Cemetery, and that yes. was right at the entrance, so I could walk right up into the entrance and just yeah. walk around. And it's one of the most gorgeous cemeteries in the world. Correct. Yeah. And then uh, here in LA, it's Forest Lawn Memorial Park. Which is a cemetery and an art and an outdoor art museum. And it's gorgeous. There are so many hidden nooks and crannies that you can get into in there where it's like you open a door to like a courtyard that's just, you know, tombstones, but it's inside a courtyard. And you can just wander around there for hours, especially all the way at the tippy top. I was at the Tam O'Shanter. Yeah. uh, About six years ago. And I'm sitting at the bar. For those who are not familiar, it's one of the oldest bars and restaurants in Los Angeles. It's a very fun place. It's Scottish-themed. It's like a prime rib, Lowry's prime rib. But it's just old school. Like It's harder to get a reservation at 5 or 6 p.m. because of all the older gray hair, golden bananas that are in there eating. If you go at 8 p.m., it's just empty. Just tumbleweeds blowing (laughs) through the kitchen. But I'm sitting at the bar once. I think I was having a martini, and this woman next to me, she was like one of those like lady bros, like a true bro, but yeah. also a woman. And she's like, "What are you drinking? Gin or vodka?" And I'm like, "Gin." And she's like, "Oh, that's what it is. I love that." And we just start talking, and she's just got this dude energy that is so funny and fun. 
and she's like, you ever think, you ever think about dying? And I was like, not really, actually. <laughs> she goes, I work at Forest Lawn, and she Whoa. sells plots. That was her job. She was 30 years old, and I, I was like, that must be pretty good, because everybody needs She goes, oh, yeah, business is booming. <laughs> Yeah, because everybody wants to be buried there. Yeah, and it's L.A. It's like one of the best ones in L.A. But the way she was just, you ever think about dying? Yeah, business is booming. And I'm like, all right. I'm, but it was great bar. Like, that was a great bar stranger chat because I was like, tell me everything. But it is sales. I mean, she had a brochure. She gave me a business card. Oh, I'm she sure. was literally trying to get you to buy a plot. Yeah, she wasn't doing it in like a weird way. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> well, it sounds weird. <laughs> I mean, it, was it does. A, sounds real weird. You ever think about dying? Yeah, during happy hour at a place where <laughs> old people eat the rawest meat. Uh, oh my imaginable. god, that's why she was there at Tam O'Shanter. That's see, that's what that I was getting why. to. I think she was like waiting for an older yeah. person to sit next to her and yeah. said she got old drunky McGee over here just being like. Bottoms up. Uh, (laughs) I never think about dying. (laughs) (laughs) Seems impossible for me. And then, but yeah, it was like, that must have been big business out here because that cemetery is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. That's so funny. Where would you, where, where would you have like a plot? Where would you get a plot? Maryland? I guess. I mean, I really don't want anything at all so no I, uh, physical mark or any i mean i know we're both going to be blown to the wind or buried in a tree yeah, or whatever I, yeah like i said i want to be i want my head buried in the dirt and my yeah. body folded in a downward dog so everybody can kick my butt or kiss yeah. my butt and just let me know spank me or whatever they want to do that's fine uh but if i had to pick a plot yeah um hmm i think Boy, that is such a tricky one. I guess if I, I guess I would want to be near my family if if I had uh-huh. to do it, but I, maybe near some river or something. I, I always like the Maryland Four Seasons and the way a river changes so differently. So yeah, maybe near the Gunpowder River in Maryland would be nice. Yeah, I like that. Pretty place. It would also be fun to pick a random place. Like yeah. if your body's not there, if mm-hmm. it's just a marker, you know, to pick like the most random place in in America. Yeah. Like maybe somewhere like right dead center. Four uh, corners. So then you could be in four, four states corners. at once. Put an arm and a leg in each one. That'd be fun. That sounds great to me. I actually went to the farting benches three days ago. I was in Elysian Park and I was like, let me check it out. And I just see if it was still there. And yeah. there was graffiti on it. Uh-huh. So I like went back to my car and got like armor all wipes. And I actually got the graffiti off and polished it up. So if you're visiting Los Angeles and you want to see probably the most important culturally significant thing <laughs> in this city, go to Elysian Park and take a nice seat on the Banana Boys farting benches. It's really relaxing. Why would you why would you vandalize the farting benches? It's already yeah. vandalization. Yeah. You can't vandalize something that's vandalized. Yeah, it's a hat on a hat. It's, it's bo- a fart boring. on a fart. All right. It's bud. exactly right. All right. Give us into a break, Scott. A little break. Here's a real simple one from our dude, Ben Hooper at UPI, the MVP writer of Odd News. <laughs> They're truly the best in the business when it comes to Bananas News. World's largest toothpaste collection includes whiskey and wasabi flavors. Wow. All right. Well, we'll get a taste of that as soon as we <laughs> Ooh, come back with dirty more dog. Bananas. Bananas. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. 
Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Folks, we're back. Scott, you got any shout-outs? I got uh, four quick shout-outs. Keep those unexpected banana photos coming to our Instagram, The Bananas Podcast. Curdy B, we crossed 44,000 followers today, actually, on Instagram. Yay. That's really great. Um, Cameron Coward wants to shout-out his banana wife, Maria. We covered a story that Cameron wrote, Curdy B. He did an article. It was uh, a real treat for him. He was the best in the business. And I believe it was a story you did about that weird robot mouth that had that like long throat that could sing oh, and oh go, Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a uh, long time ago. Everyone was very upset by that thing. Yes, the photos were very upsetting. But anyways, he wanted to shout out, again, his banana wife, Maria, who's very passionate about it. And I think just also say thanks because we covered him and he is the best in the biz. Yay! Ray, this is a fun one. Ray wants to shout out freaks with disposable income. Okay. Last week, Ray rolled up to a date and it ended up being a dude who just took her to REI for a huge shopping spree and ended up with $1,000 and a ton of REI camping gear. And then that dude left. There was no more to that date. So Ray wants to thank that man, which is awesome. I mean, like that sounds ideal at this age. That's right. Pay me a thousand bucks and buy me a ton of camping gear. Mm, mm, mm. Heck yeah. I'll show up in suspenders. Uh, Prairie Vegan wants to shout out her husband, Henrik. Henrik Henrik, uh, became a U.S. citizen. And the day after Henrik, 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 whatever it is, became a citizen. Uh, they had a baby. <laughs> oh, so that's the timing awesome. was great. So double congratulations to our, our banana friend, Prayer Vegan, and her now American husband, Henrik. Welcome to the circus, buddy. That's it's a great. weird country. Um, and last but not least, and this one's great because the Writers Guild strike has ended, mm-hmm. a banana named Josh. Josh, sorry, I've had this one for a few months now. 
Josh wants to shout himself out for finishing his apprenticeship for Operators Local 150. Josh spent four years learning everything he could um, from journeyman, it's operator engineers. I actually looked up what it is. And he says, besides having the raddest little daughter, this is the thing that brings him the most pride in the world. Union strong, he says. Great. Straight up, man. And what's it an operator of? So it's uh, Local 150, Operators Local 150 is the Inter- International Union of Operating Engineers, is a union representing approximately 23,000 men and women, and I'm guessing non-binary folks, in a variety of construction and other industries. Their jurisdiction includes Northern Illinois, Northern Indiana, and seven counties in southeastern Iowa. But they so, are not going to let us know what it is they do. We know no, where they I do think it and who they are. construction and operating. I would guess it's operating things on construction sites. Okay, great. And I, I hope that is, I hope Kokomo is covered. I hope that they covered Kokomo, Indiana. Um, and that's all I got. So thanks. You can always send your shout outs in. We're backlogged about three months. So if it's extremely urgent, let me know. And uh, and we got we got a new pot we got a, we're gonna have a new website coming up pretty yes, damn do. fast. I just registered bananaspod.com, baby. Bananaspod.com. Nothing's, right. Nothing's there right now. I'm, I'll get to it. I'll get to it soon. Gonna get on that Squarespace, baby. You're a but, busy um, man. If you're if you love making websites, you want to do it free, for free. Yeah, you hit us up. Does we love that idea? <laughs> <laughs> we need all the help we can get. Yeah, we really do. We're, we're creatives. Just, we're just doing it here. All right, Scotty, give us that. Sweet, World's largest sweet toothpaste collection all includes right. whiskey and wasabi flavors, and this is a very up to date story. And again, okay. Georgia Bananimals, you're in luck, Georgia man. Mm. And I found this just noodling online. I was yeah. just noodling. Cool man, that's the way to noodle. That's the way it's to, cool do to noodle. Online. Sometimes I crack the old finger, tickle the keys. I noodle a little bit. A Georgia dentist earned a Guinness World Record title for his collection of. Kurt, just guess how many toothpaste you think there are in the world. How many he has, or how many there are in the world? Well, his is the biggest collection, okay. so it's probably close to the top. Okay, seven hundred twenty-five. Two thousand thirty-seven. I'm surprised. I would say your guess was a very good guess. I would have guessed around 500, and 700 is closer to the correct uh, numero. 2037 different types of toothpaste tubes. These are all with unusual flavors, including wasabi and whiskey. His name is Dr. Val Kolpikoff. Okay. Kolpikoff is a cool name. That's a good character name. Who practices dentistry in Alpharetta, Georgia. Look at that. His hobby is his job. Well, well, well. He loves it. (laughs) Dude loves teeth. Dude's crazy for teeth. He loves teeth shit. (laughs) Whatever it is. Keeping them clean. He loves. He's into it. Yeah. Um, He has toothpaste from around the world, which includes places like Japan, Korea, China, India, and Russia. Those are sort of the big five. I would have liked to hear like (laughs) Bolivia, Montenegro, Antarctica, and uh, somewhere else, Fiji. (laughs) I started my collection in 2001 to learn more as a dentist about available toothpaste on the market, uh, Kolpakov said. Soon I realized that there's a very interesting hobby and tried to collect some old toothpaste from tubes from other countries. Dude loves teeth. There's no other way around it. 
I mean, like that. This man, it's cool when somebody genuinely loves something so much. I yeah. think. Yeah, it brings them joy. And also, if you're dedicating your life to saying, here's some aqua fresh, go brush your teeth, floss, uh, get into it. Know the product you're selling. And Dr. Val's partner can, I'm sure, does not love this. <laughs> no. She wanted a uh, vacation home up uh, somewhere, you know, somewhere up nice. Maybe Lake Nanahala. Maybe Lake Nanahala, North Carolina. Instead, they have a little shed-sized museum. We got 2037. We're going to Bombay next week. No, it's not a vacation. Val's got to get his toothpaste. He's got to get curry toothpaste. We're going to Berlin to get currywurst toothpaste for Val. (laughs) Kolpakov said of some of the most unusual tubes displayed at his dental practices mini museum. Again, Bananimals, somebody go to this mini museum in Alfreda, Georgia, please, and send photos. Please. Um, please. Include a trio. But also, of- before you go, yes, send sir. someone your location. Let people know you'll be going. <laughs> yeah, get up-to-date dental <laughs> records so if we find the corpse, we know Share who it is. your location. That's what it's there for when you're visiting a... A toothpaste museum in rural Georgia. That's right. Anytime you leave your comfort zone, swallow an Apple AirTag so we can (laughs) find you. This is smart. This is the future of travel. Uh, Cole, what was I saying? Kolpakov um, has a trio of whiskey-flavored tubes in rye, scotch, and bourbon varieties. He said the novelty toothpaste manufactured by Don Pointer... P-O-Y-N-T-E-R, in the 1950s, contained 3% alcohol. All right. Hell yeah. It's a party. Brushing my teeth. (laughs) Scotty's brushing (laughs) his teeth 25 times a day. (laughs) Kolpakov said he also has wasabi-flavored toothpaste. Kind of looks like toothpaste anyways, doesn't it? Yeah. But he has uh, no plans to try it, which is very funny. As you can imagine, it might not be for weak people. (laughs) I But he also says he hasn't tried it. So he's maybe weak. he's saying he's a weak person. Mm-hmm. I like that, too. Other uh, unusual entries in his collection include a tube of Doramad toothpaste containing the radioactive compound thorium, thorium okay. and a tube of Brenner's toothpaste made specifically as a prop for the TV series Prison Break. There it is. Wow. Okay. And this will wrap it up with old Kolpakov, because it's kind of what we're touching on. Some people really have a true passion for the most unique things. Kolpakov says, quote, It's a lot of fun collecting, and I'm always out there looking for new toothpastes that come out. There are different trends. Like right now, there are lots of toothpastes that they're making with charcoal. I knew he and was going to say the charcoal well, one. I've already have done that done once. It? Yeah, have once. you ever done it? Yeah. It's My very Taylor upsetting. Taylor gave it to me. Yeah. It's no upsetting. noticeable difference. I don't like it. And then you like spit. I have you have to just keep washing your mouth out. Yeah. One of the I'm... uh one of the writers on Workaholics, this dude Craig, really great writer, he uh one day is like, What kind of toothpaste do you use? And I was like, I don't know, Colgate or Crest or whatever. He goes, You gotta use Marvis. So then <laughs> the Workaholics writers room, there were probably eight writers at the time. There was a short romance where we all bought Marvis fancy high-end toothpaste. It's very good. It makes your breath smell very nice. But I'm a Rembrandt guy. You're a Rembrandt guy. That's people say, <laughs> Scotty, your teeth are humongous. 
are you part horse? And I say, no, sir. And they say, how do you get them so white? It's Rembrandt toothpaste. Rembrandt whitening is incredible. Do you remember? I used to be fascinated and obsessed as a child with the uh, the the toothpaste that came out of the tube with three layers: a red layer, a white layer, and a Aqua green fresh. layer. Aqua no. fresh. Is it, yeah, it was Aqua it fresh. It is Aqua fresh. Yeah. And I never just I just never had it, so it felt very exotic to me. My toothpaste was all just either white or blue, mm-hmm. and just the fact that they could get it to come out with three layers, I was like, well, this is the most must be the most magical toothpaste in the world. And then I got it, and it's just like every other toothpaste. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's fine. And I used to like, they, were, they understood at some point in the 90s that kids, they needed to make kids-flavored toothpaste. They mm-hmm. need, and we had bubblegum, whatever, Colgate yep. or Crest. It had sparkles in it, yep. which I have no idea how many of those I swallowed. And it came out shaped like a star. Yes. I mean... Whoever came up with that Bang. should have won the Nobel Peace Prize that year. So smart. I love so smart. it. They now have every flavor you can have. My kid, one, one of my children's, one of my children's is <laughs> likes uh likes blueberry toothpaste and the other one likes strawberry toothpaste. And I think it's actually not toothpaste. It's bad for them. But anyway, here it is. Yeah, you ready for it? This is a feel-good one for you, Scotty. I love feeling good. When was the last time we even felt good? (laughs) Baby beaver born in London for the first time in 400 years. No shit. The beavers are back in London. The beavers are back in London. The Banana Boys wanted to bring them back. It happened. Here it is. This was sent in by Mandy Johnson, producer of Hot Tub. Yeah. Thank you, Mandy. Photographer extraordinaire. We love that, Mandy Johnson. This is in the uh, Guardian, so you know it's real. Heard of that. Nadim Badsha. Nadim Badsha. Nadim Badsha. Or it's Badsha. That's Nadim Badsha or Badsha. Okay. Yeah. Pretty good job. Nadim uh, is um, people say she's the best in the biz when it comes to baby beavers born news. That's right. A baby beaver has been photographed in London. It's so fun to say baby beaver. A baby, baby beaver, beaver has been photographed in London for the first time in 400 years, 18 months after an initiative began to reintroduce mm-hmm. the species to the capital. Enfield Council began London's beaver reintroduction program last year as part of a wider rewilding and natural flood management project. The semi-aquatic rodents. Oh, they're rodents. Who knew? They're giant rats. Look at that. I don't think so. I think they're little <laughs> gentlemen and ladies. <laughs> were hunted to extinction in the 16th century during the Elizabethan era as they were predominantly for killed hats. for their fur and meat. Probably for hats. So dumb. Capel Manor College, a special environmental college, which adv- with advice from the Beaver Trust. There's a Beaver Trust. Damn right will give the beaver a comprehensive health check with an experienced exotic animal vet. The animal's sex has yet to be established. Rick Jewell, Enfield's council cabinet member for the environment, told the Daily Telegraph, the beaver's hard work creating a natural wetland ecosystem will contribute to excellent flood defenses, protecting the local areas and hundreds of homes from flooding downstream to the southeast of the borough while encouraging biodiversity. Meg Wilson Capel Manor's college animal, cop, 
Meg Wilson, uh, Capel Manor College's animal collections manager, said, wow, We are Kurt. thrilled about Good this job. new arrival. Mm-hmm. We have seen the developments the Biebers are involved in and the improvements they have made to the wetland area. We are now Beautiful. focusing on effort on collecting data, which we hope will provide further evidence about the positive effects the beavers are having on the environment. Here's the positive effect you get from a beaver, Scotty. Uh-huh. Is you got beavers around. Boom. Net positive. Oh, that's I don't care right. what else they do. I don't know a ton about beavers, but I think they're going to need more than one to keep this streak going. I think they <laughs> might need... Too, and they might need we'll to see. have different, you know, log and dam situation going on. What's nice is now there's a lot of Giardia in the water. Oh, good. <laughs> that is good. And MDMA. There was some festival there, and they were like, please stop peeing outside at this festival because they <laughs> serve the water. There's like a reservoir nearby, and it was testing so high for Molly. Really? Oh, wow. yeah. And then in uh, the Thames, in the yeah. old London Thames River, we get yeah. sent this story. It's on like weird. Isn't it weird? Yes, how they just make their cycles for certain they're, Okay, and bananables. If you get to the sea lion with eels coming out of their nose, we've seen it. It yeah. comes back around every three months. If you get seagull covered in curry powder and they thought it was an orange weird bird, it, it for some reason, yeah. the dog that joined the marathon and finished in seventh place. Yeah. It's so weird that these like aggregator news sites, and you and I have been doing this for three years now, Every six months, it's like we get this bombarded with these same stories, and they're great stories. They're, they're great stories. stories. There's a reason people are sending them around so often. But, but the one that you're you're actually talking about is that the you know I'm going. Thames eels were testing positive for cocaine. Tons of cocaine. Tons of cocaine. London Pretty loves cool. it. London loves their cocaine. You know what's a cool video? Eels. What? Do you ever have any downtime, Kurt? Father of two. Never. Excellent headlining comedian. Never. Maybe right before I go to bed after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ever have a hard time falling asleep and you have a cellular telephone that has video capabilities, there's a great video of a barge. I think it's in Denmark or you in Amsterdam. Videos. And it has a giant claw and uh -huh. it reaches down to clean out the canals oh, and it seen. just grabs oh, I've seen that bikes. Video. Oh, Man, yeah. I watched that for 15 minutes. I'm like, is it going to get another bike? Ooh got another bike you that's an that's in amsterdam dog. right isn't it so great it's just awesome. watching them pull crap out of the canal that's like a dream job i want that that's my retirement plan i love it any you give me any boat video i'm in i'm watching it i'm i'm in, i'm locked in for all yeah boats trying to get underneath closing bridges that's a subgenre of a video i watch online a lot is delicious it's so good yeah, and i don't know teeth in. it's like it's the stupidity but also the extreme wealth a damaging of extreme wealth that i really enjoy it's the there's an old joke right isn't there a joke like uh, how do you turn a billion dollars into a million dollars or something buy a boat it's like you yeah. just sink also you and i can go get a free boat Right now, oh, if you yeah. go online, every marina, there's like, please take, take this, this boat. boat because it will cost you $25,000 to simply take the boat away. Take this boat and shove it. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> it's uh, and I don't want it. I will rent a boat or I'll just try to befriend rich people who want to take you and me out on the boat exactly. to be silly. When I found out, I know, I know somebody who has a boat. When I found out, it's not a sailboat. 
And I've always thought if I if ever I have a boat, I would, I would want a sailboat. But I don't know anything about boating, really. I just watch a lot of videos. But yeah, when I cool. found out that this boat that this dude had, we took it out for a day. Just one day. We drove it up like to a thing oh, and yeah. then drove it back. Guess how much gas was, Scotty? Okay, I, I have a little experience in okay. this. So I'm going to guess... $900. Yeah, it was $1,000. Yeah. For I, one day of like uh, unpleasant, choppy, <laughs> just smacking. <laughs> and the only time I enjoyed it was when we like went far enough out and then killed the engine and just yeah. floated. That's right. And I was like, this is pleasant because it's not loud anymore and I'm not getting thrown around. Yeah, it is fun. Other people's boats are so fun, and your own yeah. boat seems like, unless you got a crew, unless you're David Geffen or something, it seems like a true nightmare. Mm-hmm. Send us home, Scotty. Well, I will, and then we should do this one on our next episode, because right. I think you'll like this. Kyle Godert sent this in, or yeah. Godare. It's D E R T. So let's that, say that makes Kyle Godare and she or they are very nice for sending it in. Um, scientists have discovered a new Antarctic accent that happened unwillingly. Excuse me, unwittingly. What? There's a new accent happening for people that stay over, and they did a big study. And yeah, it's like linguists are losing their mind because it's a modern new accent happening in real time. Wow. And also, but that that's crazy because people don't even stay there that long. Like Some you people, go there a thousand for like people a year. stay over years. Five thousand max in the uh-huh. summer, and then a thousand stay there during the winter months, and these scientists stayed there. Um, this was on Indie1000.com, written by Kyle Fletcher, a double Kyle, a Kyle Kyle, uh, Kyle submission, Kyle story. But let's cover it on the next Bananas. Sounds I good. I love that idea. Yeah, it's a cool one. Guys, thank you for listening to Bananas. Uh, thank you to everyone who helps us create this show. Thank you to our full human intern slash And now employee. part-time employee. Lisa Maggot, thank you to Katie Levine, our producer. Thank you to everyone at Exactly Right. Thank you yeah. to you, Scotty. Thank you, Curdy B. You're the best in the biz, buddy boy. You're the best in the biz, buddy boy, especially if baby beavers being born. Bring them back to bananas. Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.